If you have your Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. We'll be in Luke 2 this morning, uh, continuing a series called The Songs of Christmas, looking at traditional Christmas hymns that we sing each year and and the theology that is uh, behind them. And so uh, last week we looked at Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, went along with our our theme of Advent of Hope. Uh, Today we're looking at, uh, you can use your hymnal if you want to read through the lyrics again, uh, but it's Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And in this particular song, there is so much we could talk about. And I've decided to to keep tying to the themes of Advent. So we're going to look at peace, just as was shared by the Connor family a moment ago. Uh, But but let me just briefly, without going over all the lyrics again, uh, point you to the the richness of theology in this hymn. Uh, The first verse is what our message will be focused on. It really uh, talks about what the angels are singing at the birth of Christ. and So we won't go into a ton of detail right now, because that's what the message will be about. But in verse 2, there's some, some really great lines about Jesus being God himself. And as we sing verse 2, I hope we don't miss the richness that is God veiled in flesh. We sing songs or sing lines just like that. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Now, in case you're wondering what all those fancy words mean, it literally means this. Incarnate, that is humanity, become man. Deity is God. Jesus is both man and God. Oh, the richness of that second verse is beautiful. I almost did my sermon this morning on the Trinity. And I thought that's not necessarily Christmassy and doesn't go along perfectly with our theme of peace. But I may have to revisit that and even point out that second verse of Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Verse 3 that we sang then goes on to talk about how this God-man will bring us salvation and bring salvation to the entire world. It's a beautiful picture as we sing this song that Jesus Christ has come down to earth, announced by the angels, fully God, taking the form of a man to bring salvation to all of humanity. We're going to focus this morning more on the theme of verse 1. And it's not hard to figure out where it's pulled from in Scripture. Hark, the herald angels sing. There's been more than one person this week who has pointed out, as we've talked about this message coming up this Sunday, that, that there are some of you who believe the angel's name is Harold. Let's go ahead and fix that right now. This is not Harold the angel. It's the herald angels sing. I tease, I had a youth pastor who, uh, when I was in high school, uh, was biblically trained at Bible college, and as he stood up to read the Christmas story the first year he was at our church, every time he read the word Herod, King Herod, he read it as Herald, every single time. Let me go ahead and help you. There is no Herald anywhere in the Bible, okay? Um, it's, it's the heralded angels are singing. So I'm going to ask a question this morning. What are the angels communicating in Luke chapter 2? What are they saying to us? What are they saying to the shepherds? What is their message that they're communicating? And so we're going to read through Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And we're going to read what the angels say and then look at four revelations about Christ that the angels give us. Follow with me in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. But the angel said to them, Fear not, 
For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. As we read this story in Luke chapter 2, they're very familiar words. They're not only familiar to us through the song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, they're familiar to us as we turn on television. Are you guys watching Christmas specials yet? I hope you are. Anybody in here watching Christmas specials? Not that Hallmark movie junk. I mean good, classic Christmas specials, right? We're talking about uh, Christmas specials like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and, and Frosty the Snowman and, and Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And, of course, one of our favorites at our house was on TV this week, the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Have you watched the Charlie Brown Christmas special this year? If you haven't, set it to record, and right after you watch The Princess Bride, you can watch the Charlie Brown Christmas special, Okay. As we watch it, I'm reminded and floored at how much our culture has changed. We, we looked up, that movie uh, was made, or that, that Christmas special was made in 1983. I didn't think it was that old. It's 36 years old now. Uh, and, and as they're going through all of the commercialization of Christmas and how Charlie Brown is disappointed in it, Linus, in his wisdom, says, Do you know what Christmas is about? And then he reads these verses from Luke chapter 2. And in my mind, over and over again, I can hear Linus standing on stage with nothing but a microphone and his blanket, reading from Luke 2 what the angels are singing, saying, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It's amazing how fresh these words are in our mind, how much we know of them, and yet how much we possibly miss Because while we sing them and while we hear them, they just become part of the Christmas special. It's just what we hear and what we do. But the angels did more than announce Jesus' birth to the shepherds. They gave us a rich revelation about who this baby was. And so this morning, I want to look at four of these revelations of who Jesus is as told by the shepherd or told by the angels to the shepherds. If you have your bulletin, you can follow along and write down these four revelations uh, together. For starters, they said this baby is one who brings good news. Good news. Now, anytime a baby is born, it's good news, right? We celebrate the birth of children. We, we send announcements out saying how much they weighed and how long they were. And it's a boy and it's a girl. Even just the anticipation of a child coming has created these elaborate gender reveal parties. We count all their fingers and count all their toes. And, and it's exciting to have a baby come. It certainly is good news. But this baby is different. This is not the angel saying, this is good news like every other baby. This is saying, above and beyond what we normally celebrate, there is something especially good about this child. That's why we read in verse 10, the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. I wish that English had an equivalent translation for the word that they use in Greek. We do, we just don't use it in this sense. This word literally is the word evangelism. 
That's what it is. Good news is evangelism. This is a child who has come to bring you good news of salvation. This isn't just plain old, tell everybody about it. It is good news, he says, of great joy, exceeding joy. More than what you would normally expect at the birth of a baby, this is something to really get excited about. And so the first revelation we have is that there is something specially good about this child. Something that is worth proclaiming and announcing and shouting and yelling. Anytime we have something exciting to say, we immediately want to tell someone else about it. This is what the angels are saying. I have to tell you the best thing I've heard. I think sometimes we hear good news, which is the right translation, and confuse it because really I think it should say great news, the best news, the most important news you will ever hear. This is not any ordinary baby. This is one that brings great joy, who uplifts our spirits. I start to think about the birth of a baby and the good news that comes with it, and, and I want to go ahead and tell you, I'm excited any time a baby is born. I've been in the hospital as pastors when babies have been born, and I love coming in, and sometimes I'm the first non-family member that gets to hold babies. Yes, and I'll hold that over their head the whole rest of their lives. It's exciting, you know? Um, I, I love hearing the birth of a baby, but I have to be honest with you, I don't care about your baby nearly as much as I cared about my three. <laughs> I, I love them. It's exciting, and I want to hold them, but there's something special about my own kids. So I imagine the shepherds are standing out in the field, and, and of course, it's intimidating to hear an angel, and they've got this great news, and they say, a baby has been born. And they go, yeah, I've got one at home. <laughs> you know, Been there, done that. So what's so special? I think that's why the angel steps back, and he says, no, 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 no. This isn't a normal baby. This is, this is an evangelism baby. This is a good news baby that brings great joy beyond what a normal baby does. Not just cute and cuddly, there is something special. So the first revelation we have about Jesus from the angels is, this is an exceedingly great joy, good news baby. What is it that's exciting about Jesus? What is it that's exciting to the shepherds that the angels have to proclaim this good news? The second revelation we have is that this good news is for all people. It's not just good news for the mom and the dad. It's not just good news for, for certain people in Bethlehem. It's not just good news for the nation of Israel. This is good news for all people. We read in verse 10, good news, great joy, and there it's highlighted, that is for all people. Now the shepherds would have been Israelites, they would have been Hebrews, they would have been there in the nation waiting for the Messiah to come, hoping that their nation would be saved and that they would have an independent Israeli nation again in the first century. That was their hope, that was their prayer, and perhaps in their mind they were thinking the only reason why an angel would bring a message of good news and great joy is that this Messiah has come. They'll find out that's to be true. But if that's the case, they're thinking, we, Israel, are saved. But the angel wants to clarify really quick. Hold on, guys. This is good news, not just for your nation, not just for your people. This is good news for all people. You know, it's not a mistake that the first people to hear about the birth of Christ after his birth were shepherds. 
It wasn't an accident that God chose them. It was very intentional. We know this clearly because the angels are making it very clear. This is good news of great joy that's not just for the rich. It's not just for those who have. It's not just for the religious. It is for all people. And so it's no mistake that the the ones that the angels are coming to are lowly, humble, poor, usually immoral shepherds. Shepherds did not have good reputations. They were a little kooky. They, they spent a lot of time out in the field talking to sheep. They didn't have the, the best reputation morally either. A lot of times they were, they were considered to be thieves or robbers. They, they were nervousness when shepherds came by. And, and it's the angel who comes to these humble, lowly people of ill repute. It says there is great news, good news of great joy. It's not just for the religious in the synagogue and the temple. It's not just for those who have all of their stuff together and all their ducks lined up. No, this is for all people. This Christmas season, Jesus didn't come just to save a nation. He came to save all of mankind who would trust in Him. This is a message that says it's more than about one specific group. This is good news of great joy for everyone who has ever lived. I think the hardest thing to do when you're sharing your faith with someone and hopefully as you start sharing your faith you'll you'll start to realize how difficult this can be when someone looks at you and just says you don't know what i've done i don't think god could forgive me or sometimes it, it's phrased this way i can't even forgive myself it's as if they look and they say jesus died for a lot of people and i want to believe it but but if you only knew the things that are going on in my life There are other people who will say, it sounds great, it sounds wonderful, but I just don't think that Christian thing is for me. I'd rather pour my focus and my attention on my work or my job or my my family or or things that I find important. I I just don't see how, how this good news applies to my situation right now. Still other people in their their boldness and their their arrogance say, I don't need a savior. I have everything that I could imagine and, and I'm not looking for this good news because my life is good enough as it is. It doesn't matter if you're humble, if you're apathetic, or if you're wealthy. Jesus Christ came to be born for all people because all of us are in need of His saving. So the angels reveal this is no ordinary baby. It's an evangelistic, good news baby that is for all people, including you, the lowly shepherds. The third revelation we have is is when they drop the atom bomb on the shepherds. And they reveal that this baby is indeed the Messiah. Write that word Messiah down. Depending on your translation, you may have a different word. Uh, the, The translation I use is the English Standard Version, and it uses a different word we'll look at in just a minute. But write the word Messiah. This child is the one everyone's been waiting for. We've been in anticipation that a Savior would come, a Messiah. And that's why the angels say in verse 11, Unto you is born this day in the city of David three key words. If you take notes in your Bible, underline these words. A Savior is born. One that will save you. Not just from your political struggles, but ultimately he's going to save you from your eternal separation from God. He's a savior for sins. 
There is one who is born who is able to take all of your screw-ups, your mess-ups, your hurts, your hang-ups, your rebellion, your sin. He's able to remove it. He can save you out of your life of brokenness. Then they reveal exactly what we call this Savior. It says He is the Christ. That word literally means Messiah. Another misconception about names in Scripture, Christ is not Jesus' last name. (laughs) It's not Jesus Christ. It is Jesus the Christ. He is the one who is promised. He's the only one in all of history who can do what He was sent to do. And then the last word you can underline is that word, Lord. He is the one who is in control of all things. How important it is to realize that the Christ, the Messiah, is both Savior and Lord. How often do we miss Him at one or the other? We're welcoming Him to be our Savior. Please take away my sins and forgive me for everything I do wrong. But I refuse to let you be in control of my life. I'm sorry, God, God, you want me to live a certain way? I think my way is better. God, you want me to be committed to you? I I have other things I'd like to commit to. So many people who say, yes, Lord, remove my sin, but don't be Lord in control of my life. Or others who who think they do everything right, and so they come to church week in and week out. They they get involved in Sunday school. They, They serve in the church, maybe do Bethlehem Village or Vacation Bible School. They work in the nursery. They teach classes. They're doing everything and saying, Lord, I, I want to live according to your book, but, but quite honestly, I don't know that I'm ready to surrender my life of sin. I don't think you can forgive me. I don't think I want you to forgive me. I think that I'm good enough as I am. I'll trust you to to tell me how to live, but I really have all of that figured out. I I don't need you to save me. No, the Christ, the Messiah, has come not just to be Savior, not just to be Lord, but to be in your life both the forgiver of your sins and the one who shows you how to live. He is Savior and Lord. This baby born has come to forgive sins. He's come for all people to forgive you. But the angel puts a condition. It's good news for all people. The Messiah has been born. And he tells us that this Messiah ultimately will bring peace. The fourth revelation comes with a promise and a condition both. This Messiah has come to bring peace. We read that in verse 14. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. I wonder if if your life is in need of peace this morning. I wonder if you sit here and say, I'd love for Jesus to take away my sins. I'll even do what he wants me to do. But how am I going to survive the burdens of this life? So much stress, so much anxiety, so much worry, so much burden. I need a God who can give me peace. The promise is not only that he gives peace to a few people, but again to all people. It's on earth God desires to bring peace And can I tell you this morning, the Messiah's desire is to bring peace to your life. Unfortunately, you and I want the peace of God without the condition that the angel puts on it. You see, not all of the world experiences peace. Oh, there is peace scattered over the earth. But there are plenty of people who are without the peace of God, and it's because the angel puts this condition. The peace comes among those with whom he is pleased. So as we begin to wrap up our, our look at what the angels say about the Christ, 
I have to ask myself the question, how is it that I can find favor with God? How is it that I can be one that that God looks down on and says, I am pleased. The condition for peace and salvation, the Lordship of Christ, the good news, all of it hinges on those with whom God is pleased. How is it that we find favor with God this morning? The truth is, we can try everything that this world offers. Following all the rules, doing all the right things, showing up at the right places, speaking the right words, trying to have the right actions, and still lack His peace, and still lack His favor. No, the pleasure of God does not come because we do the right things. The pleasure of God comes because we've submitted to the right person. To bring it back full circle, the peace of God comes with good news. Not that you can work and achieve salvation, but one has come who's going to give it anyways. The only way we find favor with God, the only way we find salvation is when we throw our hands up and say, God, I cannot, but you can. So this morning, I I wonder if we can listen to what the angels say. If we can hear the revelation about God, and if we can surrender and say, God, I need your good news in my life. I need you not only to forgive me of my sins, I need you to show me the direction you want me to live, and I'm committing to you today to study your word and live it out because you know what's best. The angels sang to the shepherds. The angels announced the birth of Christ to a lowly, humble group. But this morning, the angels also sing to us. Would you put your faith and trust in Jesus as Savior and Lord? Would you acknowledge that you need Him and allow His favor to fall on you and experience peace this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for the message of the angels. Lord, we thank You for for the great news that brings joy to all people in every circumstance, in every situation. Lord, we confess to You this morning that we have a need for Your salvation. Lord, you are the one who's been promised to come. This baby born will will live a perfect life and die on the cross to be the Savior of our sins and to show us how we are to live. He is our Lord. Father, we pray that, that each person in here would stop trying to earn that favor on their own, but throw their hands up and say, Lord, I need you. Lord, this morning, let us commit ourselves to you, and we ask that you would give us your favor so we could experience peace in our lives. It's in your name we pray. Amen.